All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Faithfully Curious. It is Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. Merry Christmas, everybody. We're back. Merry Christmas. Yeah, we're back sitting in the... Sitting in the seats, hitting the record button. We're very grateful and uh, all glory to God to be able to do this again. And uh, hopefully everybody's mm-hmm. having having a good time. And uh, I'll kick it over to Tony. How you doing over there, Tony Words? Actually rather well. I'm uh, happy to see that a lot of the people that I've known have been actually waking up to the truth of what's actually happening. Nice. That's yeah. a good way to lead a, a, positive, yeah. a positive message to the, for the beginning of the show. And on the line from Georgia, I have Nightingale over there. How you doing, Gail? Hey, life is good. Nice. Uh, how you doing? Pretty good. Are you guys, is it... Uh, you guys got storms over there? Is it wintry at all, or how's Georgia? Oh, good Lord, I'm not used to the cold. It never gets this cold in Georgia. Oh, it's cold, <laughs> huh? huh? How cold is it to you? Yeah. Well, it's about 23 now. Ooh, okay. Ooh, that yeah. is cold. Yeah, we got, what, we got 53 over here, maybe? <laughs> 63? Uh, yeah, but you don't but or was. We're supposed to get some rain, um... But I'm from Minnesota, so uh-huh. I've been in 54 below zero without a wind chill. Oh, what? What do you even? Terrible. What do you even do there? Yeah, we ice skated. You gotta have and that's goggles. Way to warm up, man. My dad loved uh, speed skating, so he was really tearing it up and that warm him up. And <laughs> oh man, I do not know how people do that, but people do. Not me. Shout out to you guys that can put up with that. I'm in my flip-flops and um, shorts over here on the west coast of California. As I've gotten older, I can take the cold less and less, let me tell you. (laughs) Uh, Man, I'm very grateful to be out here, that's for sure. Uh, Even though we got to put up with the politics of uh, California. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I don't think uh, the governor is going to be around a whole lot longer. Yeah, that's... um, Let's get into that after our little appetizer music intro here. But, um, yeah, there's some weird political stuff going on, as usual. Uh, This is um, kind of my new – been kind of going through this guy's uh, catalog on YouTube here. It's called Five Times August. And um, he's got a lot of of videos, so he's been around. But I kind of like it. It's got some good – Hopefully the lyrics come across pretty good. Everybody can hear them. Um, but I would suggest go checking it out. This is called Ain't No Rock and Roll. And uh, it's pretty pretty fitting. And um, shout out to uh, my dad. Uh, rest in peace out there. Um, it's so tough to, to go through some of, our, some of our favorite artists, you know, that you pretty much grew up on, you know, and, and you got idol you know, the, the times of your life are idolized by these, this music and this sound. And then you find out that, you know, how much of it was, uh, you know, propaganda and just, um, evil. Know, I, I don't even know. I mean, it's, it's evil, but there, there's so much intent, you know, so much malice and intent, you know, ill intent that goes into a lot of this old music that we just took for granted as uh, natural, yeah. you know, natural, real, real artists and real music. You know, I I don't even have a lot of, 
I don't even have a lot of basis for the old older stuff, but I'm just thinking of like, you know, Rage Against the Machine and just the newer stuff and how I can't even listen to it the same anymore. It's really hard. I know, right? It's really hard. Well, I, I can tell you from my point of view only, I noticed what happened was when MTV was going on, <laughs> mm-hmm. that changed things with the music videos. And then they started bringing in all kinds of really bad. Yeah, of there's definitely stuff. some visual, some satanic and visual yes, stuff going on. Yes, it huh? is not good, and that's what people are going to buy. Look at right now. What have they been promoting? Taylor Swift. She's on the time cover for a person <laughs> of the year. Come on, now wait a minute. <laughs> man, man of the year, maybe. She has her own coven. Yeah, she does. I've heard about this, right? I don't know because I don't like her music anyway, and yeah. I know what she is or about, and I, I have no interest in watching or hearing. Well, she and her buddy Bayance are, yeah, they have their own covens. Wow. I mean, you don't just sell out these days. If you are a success, pretty much you are sold out. You sell your soul to uh, Satan. Yeah, that, that's, that's a, just the point. To a large degree, I believe you're correct because when I was, I actually was a, a grip for a while when, when I was in college and I did some work for TV movie stuff. And boy, oh boy, did you ever find out I had uh, one of the grips, my key grip was a good friend, and he told me all the stuff that was going on in Hollywood about how, oh, yeah, like anytime you see an actress do gratuitous nudity, it was for a reason to let people know that she's part and, and, and available. Mm. <laughs> uh, there was some bad stuff going on there with uh, basically the symbolisms, uh, mm-hmm. what they would do, the kind of I know. parts that they would take, and you'd put two and two together and go, well, wait a minute, this is unrealistic and why did they bother to even throw this in at all it wasn't so relevant to the story Mm -hmm. that's a message of kind yeah yeah i know my um one of my close buddies uh is a producer in at hollywood there and he um i know at one point when i had my kid first kid i was like let's get her into movies you know and i was Mm -hmm. pushing you know pushing him to get her signed up and everything and at one point he he leveled with me, and he he goes at one point. He goes, Ty, I wouldn't recommend having your kid get involved with uh, Hollywood. Exactly. Like, uh, just you know, don't do it. I know? saw people going downhill, and the newbies they had to put out in order to get future mm-hmm. parts and benefits and things like that. <laughs> and I would just hate to see people go through that. My, bu- my buddy also told me. He goes, <laughs> he also told me that he goes, yeah, you just, you don't really have the look that uh, they look for, for extras. <laughs> he basically told me that I would never be an extra <laughs> because I apparently, I don't, I don't look normal enough or something. You got to have this very normal look or something. I thought, well, you don't blend I thought that was funny. <laughs> they want people that blend in. And I actually know a guy, you know, well, he's, he quit doing it now because he's older, but he used to be an extra yeah. and, and made actually surprisingly yeah. good money, but he looked like just any old average Joe. They'd have mm-hmm. him walking around and, oh, even sometimes, okay, you're a waiter and just bring someone a glass Dude, of wine or it, whatever. My buddy had me set up, you know, we were, I was doing like this, uh, you just drive cars around. 
you just literally sit in the car and wait for them to cue you and then you drive the car through the street and then just go park in this little spot and you just do this and they would you would have to do it for you know six hours or whatever oh, it was you'd crazy be, you'd be amazed at how many takes they'd have to do right. of things and and we used to always call it hurry up and wait because that's yep. what ended up happening yep, you know what what's interesting with hollywood with the music industry with the sports industries with politics with religion um you know in my day especially back in the 50s early 60s they they, meaning the overseers um, that own and run and manage and, and govern uh, the world, they they were able to get these things on TV and in music and in lyrics, and they only, you know, maybe 5 10% of the time. And they only owned about 5 or 10% of the people and the industry. And over that short, short, very short period of time, they the overseers, the elitists, the evil ones, the minions, um, own pretty much 95% of Hollywood sports, music, Mm -hmm. all of that. And you do take a a vow. You do sell your soul. That's why you see a lot of stars will come out and say, you know, child trafficking is horrific and I think it should be ended. And then they come out and say, oh, I didn't mean it. And it's frightening to me that in such a short period of time, but when you consider they've had a plan and they've worked it for a long, long time, you can look around today and it's no secret. And well, if you're, if you've got your eyes open, right. And it's, it's probably that tech techniques always been there. I bet you that techniques always been thousands of years. They've used that same blackmail kind of, you know, are you in the, are you in the club or not? You know, like you got to, and so it was just a new, um, new format for the, for the system to put in, but they have all the money when you have all the money and the control, you have all the control. Look at the Harry Potter movies. Uh, my understanding, you know, the wizards and what that, what are their wands made of? Yeah. Uh, Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that movie. Uh, well, I've, I was—I've seen one of them. I haven't—I only saw the one with my niece because you know, back in the day, I had to babysit sometimes or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, that was kind of the movie that they had. It, and getting on such a tangent again, I can't even start this uh, video, but it's all good. That I feel like <laughs> all these stupid kids, uh, you know cartoons and and movies and all this stuff where they depict magic oh yeah you know this this magical effect in their movies that 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 is purely intended to take away from god and the true magic you know that you have you know because all of them it's like you either need a device you need a ring or a wand or you know very few of them actually come from your you know your you changing something in yourself Mm -hmm. to create that power it's always, uh, you know, like you were saying, it's Outside always kind of external, it. exactly. And it's such such that a such a trick for uh, for kids because I mean, the, those kids, you know, kids are the ones that actually probably could do real magic because there is no limits for them. There's no right. no roadblocks that society's put well, in them or you know propaganda. What, they keep on telling everybody that you, you know, there is no magic. Don't believe in magic mm-hmm. yet. 
what these horrible uh, excuses for people do is they have to tell us ahead of time what they're doing for their magic to work. Mm -hmm. Because then if you go willingly, Mm -hmm. you've been told and you're dumb enough to do it. And that's why, and I could be wrong, but I think the whole idea of Starlink and all those satellites is basically like the Terminator. Remember in the Terminator? Skynet? Uh Uh-huh. It's the same thing. It's just named differently. Yeah, well, the, the and it's all about control. Yes, the, absolutely. The Starlink technology is, uh, and I read about this a long time ago. The Israelis have the same have a very similar setup where it's like they're able. Not only does it broadcast information, obviously back and forth, but it's it is able to use like a laser uh, communication device where it can it can pinpoint. You know, it's not a broadband type of connection. It literally mm-hmm. pinpoints and directs right at whatever device it's going after. And, uh, you know, the technology, the potential for, for uh, you know, basically nuking or, you know, implanting feelings or thoughts or anything like that is way more of a possibility uh, with that Starlink stuff. Well, uh, and then also when you go back to the legends of witches, what did they do? They had incantations and they would cast spells. Mm-hmm. The words are the spells. Mm-hmm. And what do you do to them? It's called spelling. Mm-hmm. The whole concept there mm-hmm. is, is the idea of the witchcraft that to make the words do yeah, stuff. I mean, you, you, you see that play out with prayer. I mean, you can, and I can, I've, you know, being new, I can really see the difference compared to if I pray and I'm grateful in my head, it's completely different than when I pray and I'm grateful with my voice and use my voice to, to, you know, vibrate the universe. It, you know, it's, it seems like it's a lot more powerful than just thinking, you know, whatever it is. it, It is. And I would suggest that, the idea behind this to me is, uh, as I said before, we have something within us that gives us a whole lot more energy or power than we realize. And that's better to give than to receive. Mm-hmm. So nice. when you put your thoughts out there that helps others, not about you, but others, it comes back times over better for you. Yeah, man. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, blasting the Holy Spirit worldwide. Um, here we go.
like a melon very melancholy yeah. song there and i think it's actually no what's that it's very no. correct. this is very correct oh, gosh yes yeah when rolling stone sad uh, man sold out in a big way and usually it became because the people that started it and after it became corporate everything goes downhill oh yeah yeah it's just just um it's so weird i you know just find out who owns Rolling Stone, and it'll speak volumes. It's just, it's fascinating to me what COVID did and and how it, you know, because you started to see these, you know, some of these, you know, idols or whatever you want to call it of mine from my past. And, you, you know, with the Trump derangement syndrome stuff, you kind of started to see these you know, Robert De Niro types and all that, where you're just going, wow, okay. But then with the COVID madness, you really saw like the opportunity for these idols and these people to stand up and it didn't have to anything to do with Trump. I go, although maybe they associated it with Trump, but no, like there was very Clapton. There was probably three artists, maybe five artists that I can think of that actually made a stand, you know, and, and made a public stand against Mm -hmm. the covid uh whatever you want to do pick pick a you know the vaccine the mandate you know the lockdowns whatever it was and it's just that to me that was one of the it it was disheartening at at one point but at the same time you kind of realize that you're you're on your own you know it's you and god and there, there's nobody's gonna come to stick up for you (laughs) you know not in this world there you go. Truly, by by their fruits, you'll know them. Mm-hmm. And that reality, is so true. Are, but yeah. I'm going to tell you what's the most interesting thing to me. My sister and her husband have, quote, COVID, and mm. which I don't, there is no such thing. But um, <laughs> the thing is, is, do you know that they have no country ever has ever been able to isolate the, quote, COVID young mm-hmm. or Jing or whatever you want to call it. Now, every year we've been able to isolate the flu. Well, we know it's going to be this kind. And so this is what the mm-hmm. flu shot, if you're dumb enough to take them, this is what you need, right? Well, it's never been isolated ever, which is beyond bizarre. But you try to tell people, where did the flu go? Where is the flu? <laughs> the, uh-huh. This whole COVID thing was all a psyop in flu. order to condition uh-huh. us to it, into moving into a future, their future. On many, many levels, it wasn't one thing. It was, you know, many, many things, you know, yep. get used to never having yep. the flu again. No, it's a lot deeper than that. And COVID had a 
chance of your survival of it, cause just like the common mm-hmm. cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was no it big deal so at all, but they convinced people to accept it. Oh, it's dangerous. Be fearful, you know, and. Mass hysteria works. Mm -hmm. They have control of the media. They keep telling us over and over. When I watch the, a few times when I watch Fox News and, or read it more, more, I don't have a TV, but, um, it says, you know, things like, um, anti semitism called out, uh, you know, these are anti Israeli people. This is, and the words they use, and, and it's no wonder that they've captured and hypnotized the, the masses. It's sad, and I pray every day that, you know, they open their eyes, and more and more people are. That's the blessing in this. It's, it's the same thing, though, with other aspects, too, in that what, they, they promote on the in the media, like on a TV station, usually somewhere in the first three things or re, stories that they report, they're all similar throughout the country. And they, they want exactly. people to think these are the most important things because we're telling you about it and That's, we're the trusted media. And they yeah. keep throwing that the narr- out. The we're narrative. The trusted media. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's well, the media has become... And the media has become so emotional and so one-sided. But the the main problem I have with the mainstream is that there is no more news. It's all fake. Whatever, oh, Whenever I go on CNN, I, the specific reason is to find out what's the opposite of <laughs> yep. what they're saying. Exactly. Yep. That's it. You go there to figure out the narrative so that you can reverse that and figure out the truth. Yeah. I look at it as, we'll hey, what are what they trying to sell doing. me now? That's oh, yeah. Everything yeah. is, we're being sold a lie. Yeah, there's. And it's just like in the, and the Bible says, and like God has said, the, the earth, you know, I keep trying to get people that I know to, to hear me when I say the earth belongs to Satan. Okay. That's mm-hmm. the way, you know, it's designed. And that doesn't mean forever. And it doesn't mean there's not any good here. But it doesn't certainly in any form, fashion or manner mean that we are here to live the good life, to have a good life, to be blessed every day, to get all the things that we want to get. We're here to suffer. Because when you suffer, you turn to God and you know humility. Mm -hmm. My understanding, it isn't the earth belongs to Satan. You know what it is? What's the devil's playground? The mind Earth? is the devil's playground. Oh, well, yeah. But so he doesn't own our No, he's not belongs. the king of our minds. He's the king of Earth. He doesn't have he doesn't have control of our minds. Oh. I don't Oh no. No, I believe I believe our mind is sacred. We have that choice to <laughs> say whether or not we're going to go. But the problem is it's hard to say you're not going to go with Satan when what all you're getting in, in the world is propaganda well, and see, lies. What, what, what are the principal characteristics of Satan? Lies, trickery, and deceit. So if the world exactly. belongs to Satan, it's what's between our ears, meaning what it can get us to believe that isn't true. If we suck up those lies and accept them, that's on us. Mm-hmm. But no, people exactly. don't discern it to be able to say, "Wait a you, minute," uh, you know. You let you let them in. That's right. And it's you not, invite them. It's the one thing I was just talking to my buddy at work uh, that the, we were talking about the serpent, uh, the Genesis uh, scriptures, and how I was 
I mentioned to him that I feel like the the churches and you know religious places and all this where they they fixate on the serpent that's a very simple identifiable uh thing that you can go whoa I know that's bad but mm-hmm. but what I what I see is that there's many there's thousands of these things you know obviously satan's the worst you got to watch out for him but there's a lot more than just the one satan you know there's a lot of a lot and i feel like churches and pastors in general that and i know it's hard to dip into this without becoming kind of esoteric ish and that they want to stay away from that probably but by not telling your your flock that it's not just this one satan serpent dude you got to watch out for I mean, there's, you know, it's called temptation. that is so true. And it, that is so tells true. You that it's wrong, and people don't listen to their conscience. Yeah, that's on them. Because, like, an, another one is sinning, where they, you know, they tell you don't sin. They tell you what is sinning, but there's n- never a discussion on the mechanic that happens. You know, that gets you to sin, and then what happens when you're sinning. You know, there, there's a, you know, yeah, yeah, you're you're going to hell and you need to repent, all that stuff. But what is the actual mechanic that's taking place when you're in that that state of either thinking about sinning or sinning? And you know, that's that's kind of what I've been really getting into lately. Is this? Uh, I think this a know, lot of that. Go ahead. Has to do with why we see the rise of these popular quote, you know, preachers and, and modern day prophets and the, you know, the people that uh, everybody goes and flocks to, even the ones, uh, or I should say, especially, you know, the evangelists and the, the most popular ones that most often fall uh, the furthest um, because, you know, they're, they just get too much pride or whatever. But I think a lot of what you're saying, Hollywood has to do with the fact that people are looking for leadership. They're looking for people to say, feed me, tell me, help me, lead me, show me, Uh, you know, because they're, they're not getting fed. They're not getting fed. They're not getting nourished. I guess I should say. There's actually what's called the seven deadly sins. Mm -hmm. And they really are. When you go back and you see what that's all about. And, I guess because I, I agree seven the the seven you got to watch out for, but there's there's things that you know like I'm thinking in my my life where I'm a procrastinator, you know I'm you know like my garage is messy, you know these these small things that aren't necessarily sins, but they allow myself to have a crack in my holy spirit where these things can start moving in and start to to influence my life and it starts literally with just a messy garage. And that's not a, that's not a sin Mm -hmm. having a messy garage or, or being a, like a procrastinator, you know, or, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, another one's like being hard on yourself, you know, uh, but it has to do with degrees. I believe, you know, mm -hmm. when you, it's all about balance. I used to struggle with things like that myself because none of us are going to be, good enough. None mm. of us. Mm. I mean, we're never going to be sin free or anything. And that used to worry me because that's what I wanted to do. And then I realized one time when we, he was talking to me that he's, you know, it's like about balance. It's all about degree. I know your heart. 
I know you. I knew you before you were even created or born. And and I, I it, it's all about do you sit there and take joy out of I just you know love having this trashed garage because it goes with my psyche mm. and I like it and all that crap. Or is it you know no it's not that bad but I can live with it and eventually I will get to it when I can and then let it go. Mm. And it's like when I learned about balance, it's like. I just had a completely different view of the whole world. Mm-hmm. Well, moderation, balance, yes. Things go well. I guess moderation is you're the right out word. of balance, Amen. it's called dis ease. Mm-hmm. That's what the body exactly. does. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Since we're kind of on this subject, it works out here. I've been on a Derek Prince kick for the last probably month and a half. He's like an old uh, old pastor that did a bunch of uh, seminars and stuff like that, probably in the 90s, I'm assuming. The sound quality isn't the best on a lot of these, but this one is uh, called Deliverance and Demonology, Part 7, and it's how to recognize and expel demons. Uh, pretty crazy stuff, but um, he, he definitely references the Bible a lot, which I, I appreciate. Demonology 4, Part 1. There you go. Check it out. Now, naturally, the question arises, Brother Prince, if I have this recurrent, persistent, disturbing, frustrating problem, how do I know whether it's just the old man or whether it's an evil spirit exploiting the old man? Well, on the blackboard, I have written up there in the middle, activities of demons. And I have learned by experience that these are the main ways in which demons operate and manifest their presence. The things they habitually do. We'll glance at them. Number one, they entice. This is temptation. The Bible says every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. There's something within each one of us called lust, perverted desire, but there's an agent that plays upon the lust. It's like the mouse, there's something in the mouse that likes cheese. But to get the mouse into the trap, there's got to be someone that places the cheese just where it will cause the mouse to be caught. Now the enticer, the agent, is the demon. And he plays upon lust perverted desires within you and me. One of the basic activities of demons is enticement. Personally, I don't believe that Satan comes down from the heavenlies every time you and I need to be tempted. I believe he's got a very well-trained, multitudinous army doing the job for him against us all the time. He says, there's a young man just going into the ministry And he could be a danger. Demons get on his tail. And get him interested in some smart divorcee who's got about three children and a rotten past and get him sidetracked because otherwise he's going to do us damage. See, that's the piece of cheese that's baiting the mousetrap. And those evil spirits are playing upon something called sexual lust inside a young man. Just an example. The next activity is to enslave. 
Let's look at this particularly in reference to sex. Now, first of all, in regard to sex, I want to say sex is not evil. Contrary to the opinion of most Christians, it's good. Because God created man sexual, and after he'd created everything, he saw that everything he had created was very good, including sex. The church has got a totally wrong, negative attitude towards sex. However, sex is also very powerful in most persons, and therefore the devil is smart enough to know that if he can get control in the sex area, he's got a very important measure of control in that person. Now, the next thing I want to say about sex is, it is no sin to be tempted. Jesus was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. So you can be tempted without sinning. Further, if you are tempted and sin sexually with a, with a wrong act, that does not necessarily mean you need deliverance from a sex demon. You All you need to do is repent, confess to Jesus, receive forgiveness and cleansing, and there you are back again. You're all right. But if this thing becomes enslaving, if no matter how many times you repent and confess and get forgiven and cleansed, you're back again doing it, then it's a demon. Uh, you guys got anything to say there? I don't want to just keep well, going. But it's it's I, such I, a good... Uh, I absolutely love this guy. It's I, so he good. Did a, uh, he did a video that said um, how to pray. Well, he's uh -huh. done several that see how to pray. And it's just, it, it's so succinct and he's so on point. I mean, I, I truly believe he and, and uh, Jonathan Kahn and uh, very few others are modern, modern day prophets. And as the Bible says, I mean, that's what we're supposed to do and, and, you know, go out and be prophets. Only I believe that they've lived their lives in such a manner that they're blessed enough to become prophets. Well, see, I think a lot of the people in Hollywood are the tempters that do that sort of thing to get people into the fold. Mm -hmm. And whether knowingly or not, they can rationalize their behavior probably with, well, I just do it one time. You know, I need mm -hmm. money now. And, but yeah, also, uh, money isn't the problem. It's the love of money that's the problem. Yeah, and I, you know, that the lust part he's talking about, in regards to sexual lust, you know, I, I don't know if it's appropriate, but I, I see that lust and I think more of just the in general feeling of lust. It doesn't have to even be, cause I'm thinking of it say as like an addiction to a drug or something where you, you don't, it's not a sexual lust, but you have this lust, this lusting feeling like you, you want, exactly. you want this, you know, you want this, you want to feel good. You want to experience whatever that is. And, uh, you just keep thinking about it. You know, you're, you wake up and you're thinking about it. It's like this, uh, you know, I don't know if it's appropriate to, to use the, the lust in both contexts like that with sexual and, and other things, but you know, food, you could have, a a, a lust for, I mean, it's definitely got a term gluttony, but it's, it's still that same I need to do this to get satisfied type of uh, mechanic. Gambling? Yeah, anything Drinking. will Believe fit into not, that. I mean, and I know I used to have, uh, he's gone now, but uh, uh, he would buy things and get a high off of buying something, mm -hmm. but then it would wear off way too quickly. Mm. 
And so then he'd he get was guilt. Just never happy. Yeah. I just thought you can never be happy. Cons- you can never have enough. I, I'm. I feel so. I'm. I feel so grateful and thank God that I don't have those. A lot of these things are so rough. Like you said, the the one where you have to buy something to feel good because. By the time you get home and open it, now you're feeling guilty because you know you shouldn't have bought it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and now you feel like crap, so you want to go buy something else to feel better. It, I mean, talk about a vicious cycle well, there. He, he would and one of the worst things is... it make him feel good and for one of the worst things is... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Gail. One of the worst things is, is when you're addicted to uh, other people's approval. Mm-hmm. And you are never, ever satisfied. And to me, that's the root of, of, of a great deal of the mental illness that people suffer. Um, and they, mm-hmm. you know, they look for it outside of themselves because they don't have it inside or were never taught how to, to have it. But that's an addiction. And, and each person, I think, has addictions. I think it's all about degree or intent. You know, for those people who are, who do lust. And it becomes the very central and most primary thing in their lives. And that, of course, then leads to action. Those That's, to me, again, about balance and degree, because we're all human. And so we all have those emotions and feelings. And, and, and you know, again, it's, it's like God knows our heart. He knows how well, far we'll go. I, I mean, I was... shit, we might be real tempted. And maybe some of us have done it. But then again, like you say, we feel bad and then we go repent and, and hopefully you learn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I saw a lot of the people in Hollywood that, you know, they went for the trophy wives. But boy, they weren't necessarily yeah. happy just because she's good looking doesn't actually make her all that great. Most of them I found to be quite shallow and I would, didn't yep. want to have anything to do with them. Well, it's. Well, and that- What's crazy is the the way that Prince guy talks about enticing, you know, um, he's using this kind of like the enticements coming from you in your head or whatever. But, you know, what's to say that these things can't use another human to entice us? And they do, <laughs> you it's know, like, kind of like Jonathan Tom says, you know, I know people don't like to hear this, but it's the truth. It's even talked about in the Bible. The demons, Satan has gods. Satan is a god. There are gods and they, they're bad gods. But, you know, and and in the Bible, they talk about these, quote, gods and how Zeus, um a lot of the mythological characters who are actually real um, and in our history, and they they were evil. Um, You know, it's it's true what everything we need to know really is in the Bible. It's just a matter of, to me, you know, God, there's a lot there trying to figure it all out. But it's amazing because every step of the way, like when I first started listening to Derek Prince, it's like, oh, my God, this is, you know, and you know these things. Yeah. Deep down, we already know these things, right? Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I, I I felt the same way. It's like, a, you know, almost a confirming. Uh, yes. Uh, of, of kind of, and the ideas that I've, I've had rolling around in my head were kind of esoteric and not necessarily in the Bible or anything, which always kind of made me feel uncomfortable. But then when I had kind of listened to him, you know, you're just going, okay, wow, that, uh, you know, I got, 
<clears throat> it's a it's a pretty creepy um pretty creepy thing and I feel almost a little awkward talking about it but I might as well since we're in this uh this spot right here but with uh, uh my experiences <clears throat> in the last you know, year with uh pornography and how it's I never had this thought in my head before it it just kind of came this last year where it's not just that I am committing some sort of sin or doing something bad, but the person on the other side is you're dragging that person into it with you, be it, you know, whatever, if it's like a, you know, porn star or whatever cam girl or whatever the, the situation is that you're, it's, it's not, it's a double whammy. And that's the, that's the thing that I keep coming to. That's really scary is it's not just like you're, you're, uh, you know, cr- you know, making yourself unclean and, and sinning and all this stuff, but it's, you're, you're, uh, allowing someone else to be, you know, possessed to a certain extent and influenced to do these things that they may not normally have done if you weren't there seeking that. Supporting it. It's really and you know Satan loves a crowd. What's that? Satan loves a crowd, and the more Mm. that we support this, you're absolutely right. The more it will continue. Well, that's why I mean there are other ways. I've never even been to the OnlyFans. I don't even know Mm, if you have mm, to sign mm, up for it or not. But I've heard about it and whatnot, and I thought there was a great uh, kind of a joke that I saw the other day. And it was, uh, I think it was clickbait, and it said OnlyFans. And I thought, oh, I know what this is because I could see it behind. And sure enough, it was just pictures of a, a room full of fans. <laughs> Only Air fans. blowing fans, that was it. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy because, uh, you know, if if you get into that, the mindset, like I was talking about a couple of weeks ago with my kind of angel experience and having that download later of, you know, what, what we choose here and what we give energy to here gives them power in that other, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, that other plane or dimension to, yeah. it empowers them in that plane. So if you make the right choices here, you empower, you know, the good angels and, you know, obviously vice versa. And it's a, it's a, you know, it's a pretty obvious thing, but, you know, <laughs> I'm starting to really kind of lean yeah. into this. It's, you know, it's, it's literal, literal, you know, even though we don't think it is. It is, it is well said. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. That is so true. It's, it's freaky though, because, you know, my whole life, it's, it's always been, you know, I never really thought about the things that I did. You know, I just thought I was a good guy and, and didn't hurt people or whatever. Right. And, uh, yeah. you know, that that porn thing, you can think that all day long that you're not hurting anybody. It's just you that you're doing this to or whatever. But, you know, there, I think there's another, there's another mechanic on the other side of that uh, screen. You know, and it's uh, it's not, you know... It's not really talked about very much. Like I said, the mechanics of sinning, you know, what is going on in the background there? Uh, it's way more than just, exactly. than just sinning. But. Well, eventually it'll change people's way. They look at those people in the pictures. 
and then you might carry it on to others. Well, the the, the psychological thought, stuff, yeah. Right. But the thought sure. process also then is is whatever we think, thoughts are energy. What happens mm-hmm. to energy? What happens when you put that thought out into mm-hmm. the ether? Yeah, and something's harvesting it. Positive thoughts out, that's good. The negative, <laughs> you know, uh, this is uh, valuetainment, and they had uh, Bishop Mar Mari Emmanuel on. He's kind of like, um, I think he's a uh, yeah. what do they call them? Orthodox Christian. Yeah, I've, seen, I've seen him before, uh, and it was pretty interesting. I, I've been watching some of his videos, and I kind of like him, uh, but. They're kind of talking about uh, the problem in the churches these days. What do you think about that part? Where the leaders of many of these churches are caving to being too tolerant and accepting of everything and let anybody. And I mean, the Pope just had a group of uh, uh, transgenders over at the. Uh, uh, what do you call it? For luncheon, the, like yeah. a luncheon. And then he's saying, hey, we, you know, we need to be asking theologians to demasculize. The Catholic Church. He urges religions to unite against environmental devastation. A lot of these weird things that he is saying, which is a. Let's- By the way, he got COVID right after those uh, those trans dudes left. Oh, <laughs> he got COVID. It's, it's just too bizarre that they want to allow that. I'm sorry. Isn't that, that weird? To me, that is wrong it's on so many <laughs> levels. I mean, it's it's fitting to go along with the the dais. You know that he's he's sitting in this throne with this creepy statue behind him well, in a, in a serpent building tolerant but well there's <laughs> there's points where if the tolerance will cause harm to others mm-hmm. why should you be tolerant mm-hmm. of that so now exactly. they're seemingly pushing the idea that oh you know it's it's okay for kids to you know mm-hmm. what, what did uh Say twelve year olds to be age of consent. I know. There's a. Oh my God! How sick are you? I I kind of got into it once with a, a guy at church. We were, you know, I kind of brought up the trans stuff, and uh, he kind of he he came back at me with a story about how you know he helped this trans boy, you know, uh, through his process, and he was you know, struggling and he eventually, he, he claimed he eventually got married and had kids, you know, with a woman, like he kind of was like a phase type of thing, but we were talking yeah. about the, the bathroom situation and, you know, he brought up how, you know, this kid wanted to use the women's bathroom and how it wasn't, he didn't feel comfortable in the men's bathroom and that, you know, this blah, 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 you know, and my thing was like, well, what about the women? In the women's bathroom, yeah, how do you think they feel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like what the? But you know, as a like a serious Christian guy, he just—it's all sympathy. You know, there's not a. Even though he should have sympathy for the women that have to experience that, he was more sympathetic for the the guy having an issue going into a guy's bathroom. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It was just—I think there is too much tolerance. You know, you 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 always leave a door open for someone. But I think you do have to warn them. You know, you got to warn the wicked well, type of thing. I'll tell you what, uh, having these uh, <clears throat> uh, weird shows for seven and eight year olds. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, that's I mean, over the top. Yeah. That, that's so wrong again. And anybody that goes along with it, I think, is an idiot because that imprints negative stuff into the kids' minds they're not going to be able to get rid of. And that makes it a traumatic event. Yeah psychologically that becomes a trauma 
and they may not be able to reconcile mm-hmm. the way things are with what they've been indoctrinated to believe. And that's why and I why, still think so why, many of the ones that want to be trans or whatever, it's because, oh, it's popular, and they get attention. So I want attention. That makes me feel good. Oh, boy, and, that's the wrong way to go. And why can't, like, a story time, a transsexual story time not involve these people that look like satanic yes. figures? Why do they have to, you know, why can't you just be, like, a normal woman, like, a normal looking woman, but a dude just mm-hmm. in a dress, normal. Like, why do they have to make themselves look like a demon? Yeah. Like, well, what is up with that? Well, how come? <laughs> I don't understand now, this. What, what they're doing is you saw this one where they had an, uh, I don't know what army or whatever veteran he was, and he destroyed a s- statues. Oh, of yeah. Satan. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking last yeah, week, that should be okay. Why not? Cause that's, that's, and, and yet, Oh, the people that destroy statues in a church, they don't get into trouble. Yeah. I, the, the, what should what it, go ahead, Gail. What it reminds me of is the god Ishtar. She's known by many names. And in the Bible and, and in ancient times, she's also known for turning men into women and women into men. Huh. Um, she has been uh, in one of Jonathan Kahn's books, The Harbinger. He talks about the, I don't know if either of you remember it, but when the police had a standoff in a bar with a bunch of um, uh, other loving men and what happened with that and how Ishtar, the uh, the god of, of sex and lust, um had shown up and what happened there and how they tried to kill the police officers who got stuck in the bar. They tried to set it on fire and people don't realize this, but you hit on it, Tice, which is so cool and so good that we are in a spiritual war. It is demons that attack us. And when we feel bad about something, an action that we've taken or something we're doing, that is in my view, the spirit the Holy Spirit telling us, I'm here. I see you. You have a choice. And and I don't think people realize that the spiritual war is so much more real than what we see in this very short time we're on this, this earth. It's more about what's happening in places unseen that will impact us and have meaning yep. in our in our end times. Yeah. Well, the Matrix movies were correct in that. They were basically documentaries, and they told people what's going on. And if they ignore it, they're going to see that's going to be a problem, because even in there it said, it's a war for your mind. It's, it's so, that's the truth. That's so true. It's so crazy with the Matrix. I was just thinking about that <clears throat> today with the, the Agent Smiths, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and how <clears throat> if you go around today in our culture right now, you can bring up Trump or you can bring up COVID geez, or yeah. you could bring up Israel. Uh, that's another one that, and, pe- and, and literally people will go from just a normal person switch mm-hmm. to agent Smith and yeah. go to eliminate that threat. They literally yes. will go at your throat at the drop of a hat. If you just bring up these key, like a couple key words, you know, uh, it, it just, it's it's really fascinating how they've and it's I'm sure it's some sort of uh, 
it's mind predictive programming. Hypersensitive to these things. Mind so, control. Yeah, I, that's why I think it's more of like a it propaganda. Like they, they've got people so that, you know, and I don't know if you guys don't play video games, but uh, the NPC thing is awesome because like in a video game, you know, you're running around slicing dragons and stuff and you got to get your mission. You go up and hit space bar on like a character and yeah. you got to type in a certain word and that'll prompt them to uh, give you a mission or whatever. And and it's very, it's, it's the same thing. You walk up to someone, prompt them say a certain word, yeah. you you get this immediate uh, canned response. Yeah. It's very fascinating. See, I on Just purpose, like Agent Smith. I have not played a computer game since <laughs> probably maybe about 1990. Yeah. No, you haven't. They, they just don't do anything for me. I mean, I, I used to have people in my office. I'd catch them at lunch and just, you know, playing solitaire or something. I'm like, well, what benefit do you actually get out of that? You're just passing time that's it you could be learning something doing something there's all positive. that yeah no i i've went through that Why with video time? games video games are another way for them to uh for those demons to get their foot in the door you know like uh, yeah, it's a distraction yep and you take your yep. mind off of what's really important your, and do something stupid you take yeah. your mind off of your dirty garage play some exactly. video games <laughs> you know but well, uh, go shopping and buy the latest fashions and try to look good look yeah. hot well that's too much what people are thinking about appearances for example when it's oh i'm gonna be like taylor swift i, I look like her i did my hair the way i did i dressed the way it that's makes not making me cry. That. That's just the physical outside appearances. Yeah. What have you done on the inside work? Breaks <laughs> I mean, my heart. Every time I see these people putting these demons on pedestals, it absolutely breaks my heart. It makes me see that we are absolutely living the days of Babylon again. Yeah. We've never gotten away from it. We're just repeating history. I, re- I can respect people, but I never idolize them. I mean, I think that is just the exactly. insanity. Have mm. no idols before me. You nope, bet. None. Mm. Yeah. They used to always ask me in school, who's your hero? Who's your hero? You know, like. Oh, gosh. Yes, I, I heard that. <laughs> but then schools, oh, my God, the whole concept of schools and how, you know, the socialists took over the, uh, in the U.S. and most of everywhere else, the school system and, and poisoned, like you said, Ty, or, whoops. That's okay. You know, our children are, are they have their, their, childness beat out of them and they lose that connection to the source or God or whatever you want to call him. But they, once we lose that, we, we lose our innocence. We lose so much. And I think that our whole lives, God just keeps sending out all these signals and all these hints and all these pushes and what I call knocks, which you get an enormous amount of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just keep saying, la, 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 <laughs> and going along, you know. God doesn't talk to me, uh-uh. And, and he does. And all these things, what we see, what we hear, what we talk, what, what people tell us, what people we meet, God's everywhere in all of that. Mm-hmm. Pretty and amazing stuff. It, I think you have to be, I don't know if you have to, but I know for me it benefits me to be in a, a learning experience, like a learning mindset. Versus, 
You know, that, that's, I think for me, that's the easiest. The problem is, is then you're susceptible to a lot of bullshit, <laughs> you know, like if you're leaving your mind you open. So you, you got to do a lot, of, dis- a lot of discernment. Yeah. A lot of discernment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but, and ask them to protect you for any, though, you know, anything mm-hmm. there. And if it's not for you to drop it, let you know to move on. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the key things for me is we're only given so much time to accomplish our mission here. Why waste it on something that doesn't help you accomplish mm-hmm. the goal? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think you hit on the, the, the big one is, um, serving, you know, trying to give more than you take. And that's it. Absolutely. It's the over unity device. You always get back more than you give. So why don't people give more? But usually the best thing to do is to give time to people. That's the most Yeah, no, that's all I, that's actually all I got. (laughs) That's all I got for people is my time. (laughs) I don't got money. So, Uh Tell you a quick little thing here. Um, I was uh, in uh, Toastmasters for what, 17 or 18 years. One of the most rewarding things what that, is that I ever did. Hold on, I've heard of that. What is that? It's where you get people to learn how to speak in public. Oh, cool. Okay. Confident. Okay. So, I mean, even from when I was in grammar school, high school, college, it didn't matter. I could speak in public, never a problem. But I know for a lot of people it was. So mm-hmm. I thought I could help people do that. So then uh, one of the things that Toastmasters would have, you'd have uh, these books that you could go Thinker. through to help keep improving your abilities in public speaking and how to come mm-hmm. up with ideas and all mm-hmm. that. But one of the things was a, something called a speech craft. Now, this guy Rick, uh, he actually, of all things, and this is unknown by many, he had a full ride speaking scholarship to USC, hmm. and he said nobody had even claimed the scholarship in many years. It was so little known mm-hmm. that you could do it, and he did. So he got his way paid through school, and so he says, "Hey George, you want to do a speech craft?" And I said, "What's it involved?" And he says, "Well, uh, usually what we do is we'll find somebody a class." that we could go ahead and teach after school type thing. So I sure let's go ahead and do that. I'm fine with it. Your mic's so bumping around a little we bit. We went to uh, a Holy Cross school and uh, after school they did for an hour and a half or two hours, I think it was. And we did the speech craft and I could see the kids coming along so well, mm-hmm. they were improving and the kids became more friendly with each other. Mm-hmm. They were less cliquish. They had a uniformity of, apparently, I thought, of love for all of them. And then come for the graduation, it was like a, a what three-and-a-half-month type thing that we did, and it was just getting to be, you know, summer break time. And after, after we had all the parents came, or as many as could, they came, and I cannot believe the accolades we got for how positive it was for all the kids to be more confident. Mm-hmm. That is a huge thing for kids to have confidence yeah, to when they didn't. Be able to express yourself uh, yeah. you know, um, confidently. Yes, it's, yeah. it's not an easy trait, for definitely for kids, right. for sure, but let I, alone adults. I was assured by the parents 
and and the nuns kept begging us to come back and do it again. Mm-hmm. So, well, we got other stuff, and you know, quite frankly, it was about all I could. Do you take, still have the time away from? from do you still work, have you know? the the program? The um, Toastmasters is international an international and local organization. Nice. Yeah, international Toastmasters International. And in, in local fact, chapters. You, know you can visit a club anytime just to see what it's like. It doesn't cost anything. You can Anybody see. can go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be, you know I'm just, just for grins, you and I should go to one. I haven't been to one in years, maybe just to yeah. see how things are. It'd be, I think it'd be a, a benefit to bring that type of information to this show. You know, like I, I've heard of it, but like if they're small kind of, well, yeah, I'll, small I'll kind of easy things, things. On, on that. Um, one of the reasons that, for example, um, I've been in many places where people would speak and they didn't even, people wouldn't even clap for the speaker. The hmm. whole idea is to make the speaker welcome. So they'll do the best job. So that's why you give them applause on the way up and afterwards. And nobody wants them to do a bad job so it's you know you got people actually behind you wanting you to do well so it's important it's a real positive experience and then after you give your talk they usually go around and either write down uh, you know a comment about what you could do better what you did well Uh, you know it's it's quite instructive i i enjoyed my time with them it, it it was quite i had to get up a lot in in front of groups and it was terrifying to me i absolutely hated it and 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 i went to did, toastmasters in, did, in idaho and enjoyed it when did, did you do did wonders when did you do that uh gail how old were you when, when i was in idaho how old were when you I, Oh Lord, I was in my thirties. Okay, so a little bit younger. Okay, so that that it sounds like it was a bigger thing in the past. Well, you know, you know what? See, well, the, the yeah. thing is, I like is, it though. I like is, the sounds of it. Is clubs that are good for people have, I think, been on purpose from COVID <laughs> tried to minimize yeah. people to be able to do things sure. like that for each. Do, if you're if you're uh, the global elite, the last thing you want someone to do is articulate their their uh, their feelings oh, they don't they don't want that well, but it, it i thought this was interesting how to look at things and how yeah to check this check this out so much. this is interesting i, I typed in uh, toastmasters first thing that came up not speech skills listening skills yep. it says uh this is the list that they tell you give the speaker your full attention remain relaxed and engaged and i i thought this was appropriate for podcasting format mm-hmm. you know of what we're doing right now Respect the speaker's point of view, reserve judgment, avoid interrupting, give nonverbal cues to show you are interested or well, your interest. It's kind of interesting. I, I, like I quit it. when my club merged with another one that I wasn't really keen on, partly because mm. it, it, it changed the time. Uh, we met at, uh, gosh, what was it, 7 o'clock on mm. Tuesday nights. And then they said, oh, well, we're going to merge with the club, so now we're going to have luncheon Toastmasters. I just couldn't make the time to do that. But one of the key things there was that with the way Toastmasters works, it's a progressive education where you get a book. There's like eight or ten speeches you need to do over a period of time. When you finish that book, you can go to another one that is going to improve on your educational and speaking capabilities. And it's always 
built towards growth and improvement mm-hmm. for you and this, the people you speak this with would to be help a, them. This would be a great thing for my 12-year-old daughter. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I could see. Was, but but yeah. Toastmasters is pretty much basically 18 or over. Okay. And But if you did a speech craft thing, they have something like that for the kids. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did and tried to get them to want to see mm-hmm. about doing that. But, of course, it, at the end of the year. kind of reminds me of um, the old school debate classes that they would have, like, in yeah. schools, you know. And yeah. I always wished I never got to do one. They didn't have it in my school, or at least I I didn't take it. But oh. I always kind of wished I would have because it's uh, it's such a such a, a novelty these days to be able to have a conversation with someone and disagree with them, but be able to communicate back and forth, even though you disagree, that's, it's like unheard of these days. Believe it or not, it was also good so that, you know, these were all sixth graders that we were Mm -hmm. teaching and they all had tremendous growth and the parents, you know, it wasn't just me saying it. They were like, that was so mm-hmm. fantastic. They couldn't mm-hmm. recommend it too strongly. And I recommend people to do Toastmasters. Even if they think they're good speakers, take it and yeah. and run with it for a while yeah. and see where you can go with it. The difference was that I had an unusual Toastmasters club that I belonged to, which it was, you know, there's always the, hey, there's certain things you're not supposed to talk about, sex, politics, and religion. Oh, we broke that wide open. <laughs> we talked about anything and everything, you know, and it was so much better than some of the clubs that are very uh, stoic, I would say, just not uh, as open-minded. But I think well, the things um... that we need to learn the most are about sex, politics, and religion. You know, that, that mm-hmm. why, why would you not want to talk about it? Yeah, let's, uh, speaking of a Toastmaster, I bet you this guy... Uh, was on the Toastmaster squad here. I'm going to transition though first. Here we go. Yes! That's awesome! All right. God save the queen, man. All right. This is uh, another hot take from uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. This happened actually last week. We didn't have a show last week, so... Uh, last time we were on here talking about his uh, flaming uh, tongue, and he he did it again on this CNN town hall uh, meeting. I'm sure everybody's seen this clip, but it is one of the best ones I've seen. And you, like I've said before, you can say whatever you want to say about him. Um, I'm wondering if he's got an AI implant and he's basically <laughs> telling everybody what they want to hear. But man, you guys. Whew. If yeah. you, if you haven't heard this, it's it's an amazing presentation, and uh, I just like the way he he proceeds to go. I know I know this is uncomfortable for you, but I'm going to tell you the truth. It's it's pretty good. Reminded me of uh, our show a little bit here. So let me ask you about something that you said at the debate last week. You used the phrase "inside job" to describe what happened on January sixth. We do have a government, first of all, we have to acknowledge that has lied to us systematically over the last several years about the origin of COVID-19, about the Hunter Biden laptop that we were told was false by 51 CIA experts and otherwise before we now know that it was true. You can go straight down the list, the Trump-Russia disinformation collusion hoax, all of it. Now we come to January 6th. 
The reality is we know that there were federal law enforcement agents in that field. We don't know how many. I think it's Mr. shameful. Ramos, if, if I me, me finish just answering well, let me this, just, is, this is I, really I'm gonna, important. Now. I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you here because you're saying that there were federal agents. We should be able to talk about this. You're saying that there were federal agents. This is important to talk about. You are saying there were federal agents in the pad on on January 6th. Yep. There is no evidence that there were federal agents in the crowd on January so, 6th. So why, before Congress, when pressed on what the number was, they didn't say there were none. They just couldn't so say how many there were. So you're saying that there's no, that you have not seen evi- any evidence so that we've there seen were, multiple, and so you We've seen multiple informants suggesting that there were. We know people were, we know people were FBI informants who were asked to Is there any evidence? May I just finish there, this, let me, and well, then you can come back and question me. Well, let me clarify. I know it's very uncomfortable for you. I'm going to clarify <laughs> my question I know this is an uncomfortable issue for many people, but we have to do the truth here. I'm going to clarify my question because I want to make sure that you understand. I love that right there. I know this is uncomfortable she's for you. She's a rude interviewer, and you know her agenda. Oh, my god! Oh, no. She's got the earpiece in, and they're yelling at her in her oh, earpiece. Yeah. You know, don't mm-hmm. get him to oh, stop yes. talking about that. But here we go. Yeah. It gets yeah, better. Oh, I, I understand this deeply. And I told you, I was where with you three years the, ago. I'm where not there is now. The evidence, yes. Where is the evidence that the government had a plot? So an inside job. I, but no, no I'm going to tell you what an inside job is. I'm not going to, I'm not, violence on January 6th. Where I'm not going to let you put words in my that? mouth. I'm going to put my words in my Typical mouth. CNN. And I'm going to tell you what, what I mean by that. Where is the evidence that the government was involved Entrapment. in planning or executing January 6th? trying to tell you. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you hard facts. And, and if I may, Abby, I know this is going to be a little uncomfortable, but we're going to, we're, we're going to go through this and you can. Who? I hear a, a fire thing. And you can, you can push Just back on it. And you can push back on that. And let's do this fairly. Why did they suppress footage of now what's been released, 200 hours of footage of shooting rubber bullets into that crowd, shooting tear gas into that crowd? You didn't see that before. You saw what the response was to that. Uh, Now you see footage coming out of actually rolling out the red carpet for Capitol Mr. Police allowing Mr. people in, again, right through the front the door. The vast majority I mean, of that footage, footage should have been released shows, before, Abby. Mr. Ramaswamy, the vast majority been of the footage shows and my police officers being overrun by violent really rioters. That's yeah, I'm going to give you some hard facts. Of it shows. So what, here's what entrapment is. I'm not cherry picking. If I may finish, Abby. If I may finish, Abby. I'm not cherry picking. Examples. To the contrary. To the country, you know who know cherry picked the so rude. It's hard to listen to. Cherry picked 12 hours of footage. Yeah. When there was 200 Shut hours up. of footage. Cherry picking was the government, not me. Release so, the whole thing. And let me let me just finish one thing, too, because this is super important as a topic. So when you, I when, think this is a civil libertarian issue of our time. When we Gretchen Whitmer's kidnapping. I want to keep it, I want to be really clear on this, because it's the same issue in the same FBI. Same Here we go. Part of the FBI. Three people who were in an alleged plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer were acquitted at the end of trial. Because it was entrapment. That is, government agents put them up to do something they otherwise wouldn't have done. 14, Same thing with the Capitol Police. People Mr. letting Mr. them in freely. Many of those people Mr. then Mr. being Mr. charged. Mr. look. The government- oh, man. I can't. Like, I just. Can I just blank her out and just hear him? Oh, I know. Just a waste of time on that. Yeah. And I don't know. That was really weird, you guys. I, I don't know if maybe one of. Uh, I don't know if Gail's you know, maybe got a eight. smoke detector going. Did you guys hear the smoke detector? I heard a, a, ch- well, a chiming, ch- I chirping. I didn't hear anything. Okay, sorry. Go ahead, Gail. Oh, it might have been my cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> it might have been, um, yeah, repo monkey, but um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry. By, by the way, just for whatever it's worth, the uh, Toastmasters club that I was in was actually only for single people. Huh, nice. <laughs> and. And we we found that to be good, and we had a number of people actually ended up meeting mates and got married, and then ended up 
quitting because yeah. they got married. But the other thing that was interesting was that there were a number of people that needed to learn even how to do small talk. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And then other things that we did because we had, you know, single people, they're younger and usually changing jobs more. For example, we had a practice of, hey, if you want to interview for a job, we'll be your interviewers so you can practice what your Mm -hmm. answers would be and all that sort of thing. And everyone thought it was tremendously helpful. Let's and, let's and stay. You know, I, let's stay in the segment here, guys. We we move past Toastmasters. You know, the of the eighteen people uh, that the the guy managed to quote recruit yes. to help him with the Gretchen thing. I don't know if you read that or oh, yeah. you've seen that. No, yet. we were all up but on only that. 12, Twelve of them were FBI agents. Yep. Yeah, they were. Uh, <laughs> I love it. In, Informants or, or uh, actual agents, yes. FBI, actual FBI agents. And the reason that it didn't go through is because, you know, they just didn't have the initiative. They didn't have enough money. You know, it was it, it was destined to fail. They weren't committed. I mean, you know, it's like your, God works in odd ways. Your, uh, your audio changed a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what, what happened, uh-huh. but it sounds a little bit uh, less um, less deep on you there. But um. There, there's a great uh, uh, podcast uh, that I always listen to called Tin Foil Hat with Sam Tripoli, and he had um, he had the person that's actually he's actually writing a book on, I think it was a woman writing a book on the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping case and what happened with all that stuff, and they talk about how the the two of the dudes that they were trying to convict on this at one point they were they literally got the call from the FBI agents, which were, you know, they didn't know they were FBI agents, obviously. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to go shooting. Uh, you know, do you guys want to come? You know, and they're like, oh, yeah, for sure. Come pick us up. And they came and pick, picked them up, you know, with all their firearms. And they started going to the range. And this is all in the testimony of, of these guys. The, hey, Studio Dog checking in here. How's it going, Hank? But uh, at... At a certain point, they they were on their way to the range, and the FBI agents were driving. And they go, "Oh, we're actually uh, we're gonna we're gonna swing by uh, Gretchen Whitmer's uh, cabin, uh, you know, just to check it out or whatever." And they used that as evidence of these two guys staking out Gretchen Whitmer's cabin to kidnap her when it was the actual FBI agents that drove them to the cabin. Mm-hmm. Right, I remember it, it was, that. It was the the amount of ridiculous crap that went on. There should have been people prosecuted for uh, wrongful, you know, I don't know what. It's called manufactured news. There you That's go. What yeah. doing. They like, you, it. It, it, it's so and, scandalous and, and slimy. Fact, there was a famous quote by Lyndon Johnson that said something to the effect that anything that happens, you can bet it was planned that way. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, We'd have to put everybody in the whole government in jail if we, well, you know, most did that, of them though. would because they're all violating their oath of office. Pretty much 90% of them are, you yeah. know, bought and paid for. Mm-hmm. Money, money speaks. Mm-hmm. The God of money, Satan, you know, he well, speaks loud with that money. They They take an oath to the corporation, not to the people. This is the same reason that... We don't have any lawyers. We only have attorneys because they all take an oath to the bar. 
So if you take an oath yeah. to the bar, that's your primary oath. Anything to a constitution is secondary. That's totally wrong. And we were if people only knew, you know. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the narrative and the truth, and uh, this clip came out uh, on Tucker Carlson's show, which is seems like it's uh, it's doing pretty good. I like it. So the way that I look at it is, you know, fact checking is a um, it's an arm. It's one of the methods that's employed by the lovers of censorship to guard the narrative, not the truth. Yeah. And so what they're yes. doing with fact checking is they're, they're, they're very selective. First of all, they're super selective about what they fact check. And then the fact checks themselves often get the facts wrong on purpose. And so they're not guarding <laughs> the truth and saying, OK, there's this problem of misinformation and we're going to prevent its spread. And we're going to do that by having objective people look at what the facts are. It's all narrative-driven. It's all about protecting the popular narrative. And, and by narrative, been... you mean lie. The lie, yeah. Whatever the popular lie is that they want you to believe, yes. That, 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 <laughs> the, the, the claims on that. You have the press secretary for the current administration saying that uh, Biden has done more to secure the border than any other person. That's a straight-faced claim from the press secretary. Fat checkers haven't touched it. It has not been rated false. Really? Now, Governor Abbott in Texas, Governor Abbott in Texas, had, was talking about how this administration currently has basically an open border policy, and that got fact-checked and rated false. So, you know, the, the challenges to the narrative are fact-checked and rated false. The narrative itself, which isn't true, is allowed to go unchecked. Uh-huh. Always. Uh, right I, is wrong, wrong is right, up is down. That's the key to deception. <laughs> yep, upside down. Uh, let's see. And the money owns the media. And that's, you know, and, and we learn by repetition, repetition. So if all that the people hear is the same old garbage, the same old propaganda, the same old line, they eventually will learn to or will will begin to accept it. It's the very few, the oh. very brave, the very rare that actually hear oh. and see, I think. Over 90 percent of the media is owned by six companies. That's why. Yeah, it's, it should all be broken up. Antitrust, Sherman antitrust, but boy, they're not doing their job on that. It's really a tough one, Gail, because you're you're right. I just you know with the people that are able to discern, people that are able to articulate and discern this type of stuff uh, yeah. and call out these lies. Uh, they're you, rare. You they're rare, but you quickly, and I think they're rare because you quickly, if you're articulate and are able to see the truth like that, you quickly realize that, you know, me doing this is only going to make things harder for myself. So you have to exactly right. You're going to be persecuted and hated. So not only do you have to have, you know, uh, perceptive articulate mind but you gotta like you said you gotta have bravery too and that that's a really that's a that's a tough combo because you know bravery is is usually a little bit of recklessness if you're brave you know you're kind of and a smart person that's like you know being able to decipher these things you know you that type of person in general probably doesn't want to take risks, you know, too much. You know, it's like, well, especially, 
when you look at the disciples and you say, well, you know, the disciples were, you know, some of the most courageous, brave men I, you know, have ever known. And, and John got beheaded. They got in prison, you know, they got mistreated. They, and, and you do, you suffer because you believe and you, you know, it's like God says exactly and precisely his, his words, you know, were feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. And that's through the uh, gospel of St. John. And it's true. And when we do that is when we open ourselves to judgment, persecution, because people like, you know, like Tony said, people are comfortable in their comfort. They don't want to hear that, you know, they're sinful, you know, and even if you don't say that to them, that's what they're telling themselves and hearing in their own mind. Mm -hmm. And people don't want to hear that because we all internalize everything we say. We all think that everybody thinks like we do, or we tend to fall back onto that, that psychological uh, way of operating. Everybody thinks about this like I think about this well they don't they don't at all everybody has such individual experiences in my view that you know the the ranges are are way out there but the bottom line is when he says preach my word teach my people you know pray with my people give to my people love my people that's all that we need to worry about and be concerned about and that takes away all the material and the people who are so into how I look, uh, what I wear, where I live, you know, that's their lives. And I can say, you know, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I see it, but it's not my way. But when you look at history and you look at the Bible, you realize, well, they're, they're again, fitting through the eye of the needle. Uh, so few are willing to go there because it it, it it involves courage. It involves strength. It involves being able, willing to be committed and to give your life for Yeshua. Well, you said something right there for me that is uh, uh, huge, which is the courage. And uh, mm-hmm. as Robert Anthony had said, the opposite of bravery is not cowardice, but conformity. So conformists right. just take the easy way mm-hmm. out. The go along yep. to get along society mm-hmm. without challenging anything is the sin. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean. And a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's so tough for me because I, I completely agree with you. It's That is the biggest thing because that goes back to the, the punk rockers not not standing up, you know, all this stuff. But there's this yep. there's this mechanic I think that goes on in culture and in human psychology where we want we don't want to do it we want someone else to like tell us to do it or do it for us and and, Bingo. That, and that that gets into that um that Milgram I, you guys I'm sure heard the Milgram experiment oh gosh yes I studied and, that one and you you yeah. study that and, and you start to apply that to you know not just uh you know white lab coated doctors, but to like any, you know, a, a suit and tie person, you know, it's, it's this, exactly. it, and it, we literally, it's, I don't know, I don't know why we do that, but, but I think you hit on it where we don't want to be the ones that stand out. We want to mm-hmm. blend in and because the ones that stand out usually are the ones that get taken out, mm-hmm. you know, so you, you kind of want to conform and blend in. There's, yeah, there's this inherent me. 
I mean, neither, but there, I think yeah. in, it helps me understand the, the, the psychological the population. reasons yeah. for yep. people to do so. It's like a survival mechanic. It is. And, you know, the, the bottom line of all of it is we all know already in our hearts, in our minds, in every cell of our body what's right what's good, Mm -hmm. what's righteous. And we all know that when we feel, you know, if you do something and you feel guilt, well, then what does that say? Don't do it. (laughs) It's not good for you. You know, it's like, I love my tunes. I I love my tunes. I have no other distractions except my phone, no TV or stereos, anything. I have my my tunes, though. Um, and, and, And it's like, or my tapes. And, and, it, it, you know, I often say, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know, please, you you just took Melissa Etheridge away from me because, you know, of, of being, you know, bad for me. And I because I've always said if I let something in the house that is evil uh, or, or not of good, then break it or let me give it away. Whatever. Do ever. You know, yeah. let me know. And they always, always, always answer your prayers. Always. And, and you just claim it and know it to be so because it, that is. That's mm. biblical, and, and it's true. And he keeps breaking my CDs, and it's like, man, well, <laughs> all the old ones that I really like, 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 and huh. some that you're talking about too, Hollywood. It's like I keep saying, you know, if it's not for me, break it, break it good though, because <laughs> you know, I really I, like it. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, though, um, some of the things people wanted to say are are bad, or I don't think necessarily bad like i like melissa etheridge i don't care about her being gay it doesn't matter to me what people do behind their bedroom door is irrelevant Mm -hmm. to me and i have sold houses to numerous gay people and it's kind of one of those things where you know once they seem to almost have like so many of them know each other and then they recommend and go oh hey contact me and you know because he's okay (laughs) it's like yeah i'm just not judgmental about it but the interesting thing was that there were a lot of the people that felt comfortable enough with me i'm schlepping around in the car showing houses and whatnot and they would you know come out and say what they were and i'd say well you know that's fine you can tell me it doesn't really matter and they just thought they that i should know and i said well you know what the big thing that happens to me when I see people that are gay, I say, do you think God makes mistakes? So if they're gay, did God make them gay? gay, Being gay isn't a choice. Otherwise, there wouldn't be people, gay people committing suicide because they couldn't handle the societal pressures. Well, the people that are drinking the water that we have today Mm. and are eating the processed foods that are Mm. eating today, they've done experiments on frogs, for one. And they, you remember that? And and they found that every... Alex Jones, shout out. (laughs) Go ahead. Yep, exactly. And all the frogs turned, you know, to the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. Well, they're doing this. It it used to be a choice many years ago, but now with the drugs that they're giving us, the drugs and toxins they're that they're putting into our environment every single day in every single way, those are proven to have a profound impact on our sexuality. And they do. And then they take that further and 
teach it in schools, and then they take it further and parade naked men in, in costumes and, and so forth, uh, dressed in evil, parading down the streets. Uh, you know, it's like you have to call a limit. The Bible says a man will not lay with a man. I feel that if you are being poisoned in so many ways on so many levels, your your free choice has been taken away. And unfortunately, I feel that our children today, that is happening to them every single day. Yeah. And it is criminal. It I is the worst cool. crime is what we do to children. Yeah. But what I would say, though, is that the the ones that I've spoken with that were gay, and I said, well, did you ever have an idea that you knew, when did you think you were gay? Every one of them said somewhere around nine years old. Yep, exactly. And I I didn't have a problem with Melissa being gay, but this was before I even knew that that was a deal. You know, my thing was that she had sold out, uh, like she says in her one of my favorite songs, unfortunately, it was, you know, I sold my soul to the devil. It's lonely, but it's sweet. Oh, and, see, I, and I, I when didn't I know heard that, that song, so I don't know. But. Yeah, it's a, I love that song. I love that whole album. And, and then when I started listening, really listening to the words, and then there's another song on there about her falling for um, an underage girl and, and, um, and some of the words that are said and so forth, people don't understand our relationship or our love. And then when I started listening, because, you know, when you ask, he will answer you. I told him, I said, you know what? I didn't realize that. I don't remember who it was now, but one of the people that I listened to a lot, you too, uh, uh, Bono, I, I said, you know, I, I had no idea that they had sold out, you know, and then I kept had a struggle like you were talking about earlier time with like porn and stuff it's like well you know does that mean that i can't appreciate their talent does that mean i can't listen to them does that mean you know and finally it's like you know i'm tired of worrying about it so i tell you what if it's not for me get rid of it you know break it and and break it good so that you know i'll know (laughs) And, and 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 he does he always answers us every single time that's why i I listen to you, Hollywood, and, and every every time we have one of these shows together, I hear you going talking about things, and I'm all I'm hearing in my head is not 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 not. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just knocking on you like mad. Yeah, no, well, you you uh, like I said that I'm I'm very convinced that the fasting is is helping, kind of like uh, keep space in my body for the Holy Spirit versus you know. Uh, letting other things in that's that's and it's kind of weird because it took it was probably it's taken almost a year of doing it you know and we're talking like two to three days a week of uh yeah i used to just just water and i do drink coffee and uh, heavy whipping cream and stuff like that but i don't don't eat anything for at least two days and uh yeah i i you know like when i first started i was like really mad at myself because i wanted to fast and read the bible that's that was kind of my intent, and uh, yeah. I just I found myself it was really hard to focus on on the Bible and reading and take like I could read I'd sit there and read the Bible but I it wouldn't uh, maybe this is you know the demons and the it wouldn't yeah I would never have that moment of of uh, reflection exactly. you know and it was it was it took almost a year of doing that before you know I'm, I get those now but it took a while. Did, did you ever listen to uh, Pink Floyd? 
Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Okay, because... Wow. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, years ago, um, I was on uh, my friend's sailboat, and we came into the harbor, and, you know, we're, you know, Mike is going, hey, Dad, I got a bottle of wine, you know, let's crack it open, and I said, sure, you know, and he says, oh, I can't find a corkscrew. I said, come on, this is a boat dock. Somebody here has got a corkscrew. So I go up top, and there's a guy across the way, and say, hey, you got a, a, a corkscrew. Sure, come on over, bring the wine. So we brought a couple bottles over there, and we started drinking with him. And sure enough, he's the guy that mixed the wall. So we listened yeah, wow. for hours cool. about his stories with Gilmore and nice. everybody. And he said, you know, people had a lot them wrong a lot because they were a very spiritual band. And I saw I already kind of have that feeling, especially if you listen to Dark Side of the Moon, and he even brought up the point. One of the ones far away across the field, the tolling of the iron bell brings the faithful to their knees to hear the softly yep. spoken magic spell. Mm. And that's what he they were against the, the mm. I guess you could call... Uh, televangelists doing their or or anybody that is doing something that isn't really right by the people to tell them the truth of what's going on they actually would lead them astray a lot of these Mm -hmm. congregations would i'm not saying all but i know that they resented a lot of the ones that were basically taking people away from the truth Mm -hmm. and it was just a really outstanding uh a couple hours to be able to chat with him and whatnot Mm. Uh, so I got, I got about 10 more articles and we got about 20 minutes. So I'm going to blast through these guys. Here we go. Goes into any of this. There's no skepticism. There's just, there's just lockstep obedience. Okay, this comes from the Western Journal. A foreign country bans Smartmatic voting machines uh, (laughs) to safeguard integrity of elections. And this is in the Philippines. The Philippine Commission on Elections has banned Smartmatic Philippines, Inc. from the nation's elections, ending 13 years of the company being the main provider of election technology to the nation. Um, there were allegations of bribery, uh, that, uh, yeah, is pretty much as usual shenanigans afoot. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it hit the mainstream for about five minutes that <laughs> long, and then it disappeared, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't even see it. This is the Western journal is definitely kind of a, a fringy, That's uh, right. Yeah. yeah, that's one of my alt news play stations yeah. that I or places that I get news from, and they're pretty reliable. They're 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 pretty reliable on most things. Maybe not Israel, but on most things. Yeah, uh, in my view, I'm pretty sure I talked about my election experience. I think on one of the podcasts with you. I don't know if you remember that. Where maybe it wasn't with you, and it was just with I don't George. Think so. But it was like you know, I this last uh, the 2022. Uh, after all the kind of weird stuff that happened in 2020, I went in there with my paper ballot because they mail a uh, mail-in ballot to everybody here in California. And I go, 
you know, I hand it to them and say, Hey, I don't, uh, I don't want to use this. I want you guys to print me out a ballot here and I want you to dispose of this. Uh, and then I also, I also want you to look up right now and see if I've voted yet. Make sure that there isn't a vote cast for me yet. They did all that. It was all legit. Everything was good. They printed me out the new one. But when they print out the new one, uh, you have to fill out a little slip that basically says, uh, I don't want my mail-in ballot and it's going in the trash and I'm asking them to issue me one here. You sign off on this little card and then you're good to go. And as I'm voting or whatever, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, this is how I do it. As I'm, I'm in the booth voting, I'm going, no, wait a second. Now, now wait a minute. Now, if, if, if they need 10,000 votes, say to, to win, they need some extra votes. Couldn't they just go to the registry and find out who has not cast a ballot yet and then go, well, we're going to fill out these cards for this 10,000 votes and then print them. You know, these are all PDFs so they can print them on demand anywhere in the world and they can print them and they can actually have them already filled out. I know the PDF has that ability to actually fill in what they want or they could just do it by hand if that's if that's what they want, but I'm I'm assuming they they probably just printed these out. But it just seemed just that loophole alone was so simple to yeah. game. I was like, and that doesn't take into account any of the other, you know the you know this the crazy, you know the polls cl- or the counting machines closing at eleven and all opening up you know later or whatever. All that shenanigans separate. This is just a very simple one that you could do. Yeah. You know, like. I, I know I've talked and to you about that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, though. After my dad passed away, um, I still had to go to the house, take care of mail and everything, and get ready to sell and whatnot. And uh, even after he had passed on, he got two mail-in votes. Yeah, I, that's probably I mean, that so that's, wrong. that's probably part of the segment that they'll tap into if they need spare votes yeah of dead people and but, get two of them yeah no they did yep yeah. I, I, I don't know i just it's uh all there's just way too many um you know it, it just it's always as usual i don't know why i don't know why we have to say this out loud but dude just show your id vote on the same day count on the same day simple exactly uh, why is that asking too much and that's the problem because you know it's supposed to be, uh, you know, chaos in the end. It's just uh, <laughs> you know everything is according to plan. I mean, truly, when you yeah. think about it, it's like, yeah, it's all going right according to plan. Yeah, up is down, <laughs> left is right, everything. It's <laughs> uh, w- one of the communist uh, manifesto. Uh, you know that we've read it out. <laughs> Mutt Dog and I have read it out a couple times on the show in the past couple years, but. One of the big ones is basically make the population lose hope and like respect in their politicians and their leaders, you know, and that, that is very apparent. And then the other one, I think it's it's in the systems too. Like you have to doubt the system, Mm -hmm. you know, that's part of it. Uh, Well, it is a 26 point plan they have. There you go. Yep. Uh, and this is uh, Schellenberger talking a little bit more about the the election stuff, I think. This, Love note, him. this is about actually the media stuff, so here we go. 
Uh, the censorship was just one part of what we saw happening, both by U.K. and U.S. so-called former military contractors, but also currently employed, including somebody that was working for the Navy uh, in 2020 when they created something called the Cyber Threat Intelligence League, supposedly of volunteers, but many of these people were working actively for the Department of Homeland Security. We also saw people from the FBI working with social media companies to censor Americans. But what we discovered was basically a handbook that they had Oh, oh, failed video. But uh, <clears throat> what's interesting, too, is um, th- this. Oh, now I can't remember the guy's name. He's the Indian. He's like an Indian guy that claims he invented the email system. Uh, okay. gee, now I'm going to forget his name. But he came out with this because he was running for, I think, uh, local government, wherever he's at. And uh, gosh, I wish I could. But um, he he ba- they basically foiled uh, the government because he he claimed that he was censored by Twitter and all these. Uh, this was she's this was probably four years ago, uh, and he foiled got them to release this PDF where it goes through, and it sounds very much like this. Let me see if I can retry. But uh, you know, basically they have a PDF file where. It's step by step on like how, and it's all about influence. You know, if you have a bunch of influence, a bunch of people watching you, they have a certain segment, they have a certain thing, you know, list that they, they do. You you can pretty much guess them, you know, it's blacklisting, you know, censoring, making fun of them, you know, like that kind of stuff. That's why I think what they're doing with Taylor Swift is actually to get her to be the big influencer to the young people and then sure. you wait and see. My bet is she's going to be an advocate for Gavin Newsom to be president <laughs> or whoever. Yeah. She'll be the one trying to help push it. And, of course, everybody wants to vote because Taylor Swift, you know, that kind of thing. That's that's the junk that they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like they're priming Taylor to be this really big influencer. It's all of a sudden just gotten over the top, you know, to do this. Yeah, I mean, they've always... They've always done that, but she is kind of a, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's a whole different like like you were saying, Gail. If she's a, a admitted, she's one of the admittedly a, a witch and being you know influenced yeah. by demons. Yeah, yeah. So but, why would uh, you want to listen to her at all? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. To me. And when you have when you watch her concerts, if you're dumb enough to go to them. Well, not dumb enough. That's pretty judgmental. But if you go to them, um, you're also exposing yourself to some technology that will really mess with your head and screw your mind up. But if you go to them, you're going to see a lot of demonic signs and symbols because, of course, Satan is always into uh, demonic signs and symbols and trickery and deceit and so forth. And you see that in all of these concerts now. But the children... And the mothers, the mothers go and go, oh, she's so, she's so precious. She's so wonderful. The mothers, the fathers, it's like, no wonder we're in trouble. Yeah. I, I think too, the, the symbols, it's more than, I think they know that they get, uh, they can, it's like a power harnessing, you know, uh, a extraction device, you know, even old, uh, Sanskrit and all that. They never had cursive writing. They never connected yeah. stuff. Huh. They only had symbols, and that's the way they yep. they wrote. And I think that and is very big. And all of that is big. meant to, hmm. to 
to cast a spell, and it does cast spells. It absolutely works. You know, people say, well, I don't believe in magic. Well, uh, the devil does. God does. He watched mm-hmm. them. He knows what they can do. And when you don't believe in the spirit, well, it's so hard for us. It's, it's like it's it's because we don't have the repetition, I think, and we don't want to hear it. But, you know, it, it's all about the spiritual warfare. In every, that's why he says, be awake, be watchful. Well, you'll Always. notice that anything that is true in that regard, they'll keep coming back, oh, that's just myth or legend or whatever. I mean, yeah. they dismiss their own guilt, and they always accuse so others of what they're guilty of. Always, yeah, one of, always. Denial and projection. One of my favorite uh, subjects lately, you guys, is uh, this kind of, um, I don't know what you want to call it. It's like ancient, uh, I guess you would call it ancient civilization, but it's not like you think where it's 10,000 years ago or whatever, but it's within the last three to 400 years, our timeline, something's happened to us as a, as a human society in the last, probably in the 400 year window where we had a reset, something happened exactly. Cause you, you hear about the orphan trains of like all these, uh, you know, babies being shipped across the nation and the world really. And, and uh, you look at these um, old world buildings that are, you know, basically everywhere that were all built within allegedly a year or two, and they were all founded or built in this exact same time frame of the. It's like the eighteen fifties yeah. to like the seventeen eighties. Like twenty, they go like twenty, thirty, fifty, hundred feet below the dirt. Oh yeah, no, they're huge, and there was like a mud flood. Exactly, something buried them. Exactly. <clears throat> yep. yep. And it's, it was and, a reset that we had, and some people think it happened in the 1700s. Some think it happened in the 1800s. I know that in the 1800s, we had to repopulate the world because we had the Industrial Revolution, and they needed labor. And that's, of course, where you know they would go get the children, and and the children would be the laborers. That I mean, all that it's documented. Th- that's all there, but like, what happened to their parents? Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, well, like I, I know we had sold them off. Is that what happened? You think off. they yeah. just sold them off? No, yeah. we were able. No, we we created them. We had go. If you go online and do some investigation, you're going to find Hollywood that we had the technology back then to create test tube children, uh-huh. and we did. That's and the proof of that. Cabbage every, patch. Th- stuff <laughs> it's, it's along that yes yeah. exactly it's along that line like they were and growing we actually, you can yeah, you can see it you can see it clearly you can see the baby factories you can see uh the machines that they used and if you if you're lucky you can go to the wayback machine uh the uh internet archive uh Wayback Machine, and you can sometimes find an article here and there that even talks about it. They're they're in the process of uh, erasing the internet, and I know you guys have probably heard that, but that is most definitely true. I I, I have hundreds and hundreds of pages saved and on my yeah. phone, and every day I go online to find it, and I get the four hundred four message. You know yep. that was had been deleted, and that's happening all the time, well, even on the Wayback the Machine. Truth. They can't have history, exactly. the historic truth come out because it yeah, is evidence of it. their lies. 
So if, they have like to get rid of it. descendants from champs and monkeys. No, no. <laughs> if anybody wants to get uh, into this uh, alternate history or hidden history type stuff, and don't and you don't get because what I notice is they trick you to go back to ten thousand years, uh, you know, or ago or whatever with the ancient alien technology crap. And I think all that's a red herring to distract you from, like you're saying, this reset that happened probably yeah. 400 years ago. Very recent. They're, they're regular resets, though. I mean, Regu- yeah. Re- I this, agree. But so the, the, some of the sites I like uh, is Mind Unveiled. There's uh, I, I my, my Lunch Break is another one that's really good. Um, but this, Divergent is a good one. Which one? Divergent. Divergent. I think I've heard of that one. This this is yes. an interesting little angle when it comes to kind of what we're talking about here and the possible re-education that could have been going on here because I think people were realizing that there was some sort of reset and uh, check yep. this out. Seem to be depicting some kind of hidden past or maybe they know something that we don't. Also, I want to give a shout out to Paul Cook as he had some really good research on this topic, so make sure to check out his channel. If we return to America with that in mind, and I mean, that's just the surface of what's gone on throughout history at these hospitals. It gets much darker, but for the most part, we can begin to question the narrative behind these structures as it's the same theme with most of them. The narrative just doesn't really add up. Most of these asylums are really big and their architecture is quite advanced for its time considering the tools they had. Also, the population was too little at the time to construct these structures, and many of them were built in just a few years. Let's keep in mind that the first general hospital in America is the Pennsylvania Hospital, which was founded in 1751. So let me get this straight. They're building these massive structures in cities out of nowhere. Philadelphia started in the early 1700s, and they don't even think about creating a general hospital for over 50 years. The oldest asylum is the Virginia Eastern Lunatic Asylum, which no longer exists as it was destroyed in a very convenient fire in 1885. According to the depictions, it looks to be an old world building that is slightly buried beneath the ground. This building only took two years to build according to the story, as it was established in 1771 and the first patient was administered in 1773. The second oldest asylum is the Spring Grove Asylum in Maryland. Again, it looks very similar. Now. It started off as a general hospital in 1797, but it actually can trace its roots to an institution three years earlier. Basically, it was a men's club headed by a sea captain named Jeremiah Yellett, established what they called a retreat for the ailing mariners of Baltimore. Hmm, that kind of sounds weird to me, but that's how it began, as some private men... The, um, the people that were able to travel the seas and move around like that were, would be the people that would have the knowledge of the reset. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, the mariners that were coming back and forth, you know, you could take care of your local population, brainwash them, kill them, whatever you had to do. But these people coming from other, you know, countries with their stories and their, you know, uh, <laughs> their books and all that stuff that that's kind of the theory that a lot of people have is that these were, uh, these were for the people that, that were kind of like us nowadays that are starting to ask these questions and go, you know, what's going on there? You know, they, they didn't want any, anybody that asked questions, they would deem them crazy 
and then you would be basically shipped off. That's pretty creepy. The babies did come from the asylums also. Uh, but those asylums, they were built many, many, many years before the 1700s yes, yes, yes. for the most part. Yep. Uh, you know, you, that kind of architecture, that would have taken titans or giants yep. to complete. Yep. I, or uh, water technology, laser technology, and, which we did have. I've, I've been, you know, I've been influenced by a lot of these channels, but I have also been uh, – I've had the recent download of they were using uh, dirigible blimp technology yep. and that's how they were lifting these uh, crazy architecture to these positions and were able to get them perfect is I, I think they were using this uh, and that's why it was deemed uh, dangerous and you can't use it anymore at a certain point you know, uh, made a point of that it wasn't to be used anymore. And um, that's what I think. Uh, there's a lot of old pictures. It's really fascinating. They have some of these old photos of people that kind of drew the cityscape from like the 1700s. Yep. You know what else? And there's there's blimps in, in the sky yeah, in these everywhere. cityscapes. I, I'm looking at when you see even pictures and things describing about the pyramids being mm-hmm. built, and it showed people where they could just – they were holding hands out, and they could make yeah. Uh, I don't blocks I, move around, I, and I've went back and forth on the frequency stuff, and but I think I'm open to that. It has to do with frequency and vibration. But the the easiest thing to do would be to create a a, a air device like that. All you got to do is heat the air. All you need is fire to heat the air up, and that thing's going up. And it's going to, you know, if you make it big enough, maybe three or four of them, it's going to carry anything you want, no matter how yeah, heavy then, it is. And you don't have really control over it. Because... Oh, oh, yeah, you got control. Yeah, you can control the, the like a hot air balloon or whatever. Like to that. Lift, to lift tons and tons, yeah. it would have to be too enormous. Well, well you know, we have used the dirigibles, and we have used them in construction, and we used to, that was our primary way of getting from place to place mm-hmm. back in the mm-hmm. uh, 17, 1800s. I think the technology that we're talking about in, in Egypt and in, of old has a lot to do with the giants the titans and a lot to do with like nikola tesla said Mm -hmm. it's all about vibration and frequency and they they have shown like i was just watching uh, something not too long ago about you you turn on a certain vibration next to the water faucet turn the water faucet on and change that vibration and that water will do some pretty bizarre things and 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 it has been proven but then again this is the kind of technology that is locked away at the smithsonian and at the uh, Vatican in, in their miles and miles of uh, true textbooks and true history that we're not allowed to, to know. But, you know, all of this technology now uh, in, uh, is, is alive and, and functional underground. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people that have been what some people call it Agartha, some people call it other things, but who have been there. Uh, the booms, uh, they're explained a lot of them by, by that. And But this technology we've had for a lot longer than people yeah. realize. Inner Earth people have. Uh, Antarctica people have. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll wrap it up right now here, guys. Uh, let me hit the button and we'll uh, we'll send everybody off appropriately here. All right, everybody, Have a you Merry guys. Christmas. Yeah, you guys made it to the end of the show. It's uh, our Merry Christmas show. Uh, I want to definitely give uh, thanks to uh, God Almighty first and foremost, but then also um, Tony Words and Nightingale. Thanks for joining me again on this uh, this journey uh, into. Uh, it seems like we're going more into the conspiracies than we are into the nonsense, but maybe it's kind of one and the same. Because the it was fun. Thank you. Are actually, true. Yeah. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. You're <laughs> off mic, buddy. But we we do uh, do this every week. Uh, we're supposed to be doing this every week. It seems like it's been every couple weeks, but the new year coming, we'll get back on a, a nice little schedule here, and we'll keep uh, blasting out the Holy Spirit worldwide and uh, sending our love Amen. out. Uh, you guys got any last Amen. words? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Nice. All right. Hey, well, uh, you can get a hold of us. There's all the the kind of ways to get a hold of us and uh, interact with the show. <laughs> it's it's all in the description there. Um, please join us, and uh, we'll be here next week. Exposing evil and praising God. Amen.